The Breakfast Flakes podcast brought to you by the Blue Cat Bar and Grill. Next to the Roadside Event Center in Huntley. The Blue Cat. It's where it's at. Uh, out there by Lockwood, the interstate bridge is supposed to be closed, but just for just for about four more minutes or so, uh, Northwestern Energy rerunning some lines that got damaged during that last storm. So if traffic isn't moving on the interstate, that is what's going on. They figured about 30 minutes, but don't know exactly. Hey, rerun some lines. Rerun some lines up on my place, would you? <laughs> yeah. I had to sleep without AC the night before. Uh-huh. That was from the fire, though, up there. I think it got something at the substation, so right. that stuff happens, you know. Played that call from Linda, who called yesterday. You know, 35 years working here, uh, you do occasionally have people that one day they just quit calling, and you don't know what happened. And back before the Internet, we'd be sitting there talking, and Paul said, hey, we haven't heard from Rachel Greenwood in a, in a while. And then you see where... A lot of times it's obituaries. A lot of times, a lot of times, especially with one specific gender, you only got to tick them off once. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, what did I say? Because, you know, we got along really well for about 25 years. Oh, no. No, you were wrong about one thing one time. I've had it. I'm moving on. Never hear from them again. Some people move out. Yeah. And then they move back. And we're still, you're still on the air. Mm-hmm. It reminds me of the scene in The Grinch where the two <laughs> the two old ladies that raised are you two still living? I love that. Mm-hmm. You know, actually, I heard that in your voice at my dad's funeral because there was one lady that uh, had been the secretary at the radio station back in the 70s. And I didn't pay much attention to her age, but I just assumed she was long gone. So when she came through the line and gave her condolences, I thought... I thought I heard Paul's voice. <laughs> oh, man. Um, somebody got killed at the Kenny Chesney concert in Denver over the weekend. A woman whose age and name not given, sitting on a railing of an escalator about 10.52 at night, fell to the concourse. They think it was an accident. They don't think anybody pushed her. Oh. But just sitting where she wasn't supposed to be sitting. Yeah, and you know what? With the amount of beer sold, I'm, I'm surprised it doesn't happen a little more often. Uh, they're here now tour in Denver. Doors opened at 4. Concert started at 5. I almost got killed yesterday. <laughs> I'm not surprised. <laughs> oh. Hold on. I, I, got, uh, I got this put in for your stories now. Okay. By a bull. So yesterday, I decided to get my heifer bull out. It was last night towards evening. I don't blame him. It was 104 degrees. But I uh, I just don't want to be calving heifers over 65 days, you no, know. Don't blame you. And uh, so they came up to water, and I trapped them all in the corral and was working on the combine, and that was kind of toasty. Bad day to pick that yesterday outside, <laughs> you know, but that's the way I do crap. <laughs> Isn't there a harder way to do this? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So uh, I decided to get this bull, this two-year-old, out of my heifers. And uh, I separate him, and I took one heifer with him to kind of keep him calm. Well, he does not know the definition of calm 
when I was getting him out of his girls. <laughs> and uh, so I barely hooked the chain on this gate because if they take gates, I'd rather have them break the chain or bust the gate open than bust the gate. Right. Otherwise, they crush them. You know, they're big, massive animals. Yes, they are. And uh, he was thinking about jumping the entry gate into that corral that's kind of over by a propane tank there. It's a little shorter gate. He he got he got on his hind legs and he was ready to go, but I backed off and he didn't go over it, which is good. God knows where he would end it up. So he pushed the gate open. He goes back out there, blowing snot, you know, gets back. So I said, I need reinforcements. So I called John. He's up laying in the air conditioning. <laughs> Smart kid. Yep. I said, I need some help, John, getting this bull, and this bull's a little testy. All right. So this time I took three heifers with him and uh, put him in this little area where I load, and he was not happy the second time to be in there. Mm. <laughs> Blowing snot, running around. The heifers were okay. They weren't too wound up. So... I said, John, you got to stand on the other side of the gate to prevent him from jumping, you know? Okay. So I go in there and of course, you know, one way to stop a ranging mad 2000 pound bull is with a stick that's this big around <laughs> and about three feet. Oh, and long. I'll use it, mister. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. You know, oh, ooh. Um, he poops sticks bigger than that. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, uh... I thought, well, I'll just take some of the heifers with him. And uh, I go in there, and that thing turned around and looked at me. Did did you ever see the Bugs Bunny cartoon where the bull turns his head and he looks at him, he pulls out the the chalk cue or the cue chalk or whatever, and he he chalks up the horns (laughs) on top of his head, you know, before he's about to. Uh Well, that's what this thing was thinking. And uh, I go in there, and I say, okay, let's go. And this thing comes after me. I bailed behind that propane <laughs> tank, Mark. I mean, I mean, I went over the top of that propane tank and got between. I thought, I thought if he hits a propane tank, he's gonna push the propane tank, and I got a, a wall of cement blocks. Oh, and I thought he he's gonna hit that thing, and he's gonna just squeeze the guts out of me, you know. Well, he stopped, and. Uh, so I had to do some thinking, and I thought, okay, this is going to be interesting. So he goes over to the corner, and I quietly walk around him, and I, I swing open the, the the gate to where they can go down the alley and load up into the stock trailer. I said, John, we'll just take all of them. We'll sort them in the stock trailer. And uh, as soon as I opened the gate, the one heifer, she went down there immediately, and then he got behind her, and I chased a couple other behind him for padding. Yeah. And uh, I got him into the stock trailer. Once you get him into the stock trailer, then you can sort him in the trailer because there's two different compartments. And you can let one in. And no matter which one goes in, you can either let him out or keep him. And uh, so we did it that way. And uh, he was not happy. And I said, you know what you need? You need to go down where some cows are, mister, where there's a couple other bulls that are twice your size and are going to kick your ass for a while, (laughs) and that's going to calm you down a little bit. So I went down there, and uh, God, it was hot, and I I turned him loose into this 
cow, bunch of cows, and I have about a four-year-old bull in there that looks like the Rock Johnson. Mm-hmm. And uh, first thing he asks this young bull, hey, does poop stick to your fur? <laughs> Paul has talking cows. Because <laughs> I am going to wipe my butt with you. And so he goes over there, and he's, and I mean, he's got his out. And the other one's got his out, and it's a contest. And right. this big bull, he did, he hit him about two, three times, and and said, "What you know? Look, I'm the guy." Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that's going to calm him down a little. But he didn't want to leave his heifers. Yeah, he didn't want to leave the heifers. You know, that's been his that's been his little harem all summer long out there. And. Uh, you know, you put uh, you put one little bull out there with twenty five heifers, and and uh, and you know he's all year he's just uh, kept them all grouped together, and he decides when they go out to eat and when they don't, and right. that smamage better be ready when he gets back, Mark. You know how that is. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I've given this. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that beer better be open when you bring it to me. Um, so. But I got him down there, got him out, and we'll let him run around in the cows for a few days. Then I'll get them all out. The thing about it is, when it's this hot, the older bulls, they know. They know it's time to get out. Mm-hmm. They know it's time to leave. Uh, they know where I take them is better. It's shady. The grass is better. Cold water. Uh, no females to bother them up and all day long. Tell them what they're doing wrong. You know, all that kind of stuff, so... The older ones, no, but the younger ones don't. And um, so in another week or so, after I get done cutting, I'm going to go down and get get all them out. And, but I don't blame him. It was hot. Hell, I was testy. Uh, you know, I was sweating and dripping. And Mark found probably found a cooling center yesterday. No, I was on the couch. Oh. It was cool in there. Yesterday would have been a great time for a couple of John's teammates to be there. Yeah. They'd have told that story for the rest of their lives. I know it. John, John, I talked to John the night the power went out, because what else do you do? And uh, he told, uh, he told uh, C's and put back and, and uh, you can't cover me. And I don't know who the other guys are. He was telling them about the wide open space. And, was, and he go, for real? <laughs> yeah, you know. And uh, he said they, they wouldn't even be able to fathom the openness of uh of a state like montana he goes they just uh well two of them are or one is from atlanta one is from like uh god what do you say jersey city or something um you know and they they're 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 to them a wide open space is when you have the the uh banquet room reserved at texas roadhouse (laughs) That's that's <laughs> wide open spaces to those folks in the city. Mm-hmm. Um, well, we had that one friend of John's. That one year, he came out and uh, he played basketball somewhere, and he helped us brand our heifer calves. And uh, he saw me denutting <laughs> one of these calves. He goes, "Oh man." <laughs> It's cold, you know, and didn't didn't get it, you know. Ooh, he g steps back, throws his arms up in the air. I said, "No, it's 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 cool. This is what we do, you know." 
man, that poor cat. Look at him. <laughs> I said, yeah. Um, that's how your food gets to the table. So, boy, but it was a hot mother yesterday. Can't imagine. Man, oh, man, it was hot. My dog, I had my dog outside for just a minute, and the gravel was burning his feet. Uh, the gravel got so hot, it was burning his feet. He wanted to... He, he wanted to go into the cooling center too, so I let him in there, and uh, it was hot. We didn't make the news though. We we it wasn't dangerously hot or no excessive heat warnings because temperatures were going to approach in the low nineties today, and uh, none of that could give a rat's folks mm-hmm. about us up here. You people and. The Dakotas and Montana and Wyoming and Idaho, you're not even real people up there. We don't care about you at all. Well, and that's a, that's a news angle for them. Sure. Uh, whenever it's going to be hot in the northeast part of the country, 85 million Americans under a heat advisory this weekend. Right. We're, we're all red states. Are, are we done scorching the northwest? Because I haven't seen anything yes. on it this week. Yes, the northwest <laughs> is out of scorch. Uh that's moved into different now it's the fire problem in california that's the main thing because of the excessive heat um and uh in fact i wrote a little bit about it yesterday but yeah i told mark folks this morning i'm i'm uh going through the news like i always do we get here and we have a routine we do in the morning and i check the business part because a lot of people like business news and uh, Caterpillar had a good quarter. And the dimwit photographer goes out <laughs> and takes a picture and says, such and such works on a Caterpillar while fixing a dam and such and such. And it's a Komatsu. Mm-hmm. And I thought, that's blasphemy in the equipment world business. They're very serious about their brands. Yes, they are. I said, Mark, what's the first word you learned to spell as a kid? <laughs> C. A T cat. It's all over their equipment. Uh-huh. This says Komatsu. All heavy equipment is, mm-hmm. is well branded. Yeah. Well, folks, it's back to this internet thing. People own pictures, and so if you can't get the uh, oh, and I forget where we uh, there's a big thing where where our company can get pictures, but Paul and I, unless we take the picture ourselves, we have to have somebody else put the picture on the article for us. Yeah, and you have to pick from their gallery, right? Yeah, so a lot of times uh, I don't have a picture of whatever I'm writing about. And so Rachel, our digital gal, just goes and finds a picture that'll fit it. Well, not 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 too many people out there have Cheryl Crow salt and pepper shakers. <laughs> so, you know, it's tough to find a picture of that. <laughs> Are you a drink-slinging, food-serving expert? Then the Blue Cat Bar and Grill wants to talk to you. If you're an experienced bartender that doesn't drink on shift, great in the kitchen, a team player, and can think on your feet, this is the job for you. There's day, night, and weekend shifts available. The Blue Cat Bar and Grill, small town hospitality that feels like home. It's a lot like being at Cheers. Apply today at the Blue Cat Bar and Grill, 139 Northern Avenue in Huntley. Ask for Pam or Randy. Nancy Pelosi continuing her farewell tour. That's what I call it. Mm-hmm. Um, she's not running again. You know, she's 82. And I can't stand her politics. I can't, you know, I can't even believe she's Speaker of the House. But I'll tell you one thing I'll give it to her. 
that woman has energy for a woman who is 82 years old. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree with that. I mean, she's highly flammable, <laughs> but I keep her away from candles. That's right. But uh, she's got a lot of energy, and I this is this is her farewell tour because she's not she's not going to run again, and she's not going to be speaker. And uh, so, and, and folks, she has to go to Taiwan. She she just has to. They think now she might, but she has to. She has no choice. You can't have a communist, commie, ruthless dictator, conniving, murdering man like Xi Jinping tell America how you conduct your foreign policy, who your allies are, who you're allowed to see and who you can't. You can't let him make those decisions. I don't care if what you are. Uh what political denomination you you tend to to favor it doesn't matter that this is an america issue mm-hmm. here and she has to go she has to go and call his bluff uh he said if you go you will you will perish and suffer and um and i think i think yesterday i think yesterday that her being in taiwan or going to taiwan has a lot to do with why they decided yesterday uh, to take out the head of the Taliban. I think, uh, I don't think that was by coincidence. I think they've knew, um, they knew where he was. They've been watching him and uh, they knew Zawari was in this building. But, and they were probably just waiting for the right time because don't forget, these kind of things, besides the Trump administration, these things, everything is weighed politically. Oh, yeah. I, we talked about that months ago. Everything is weighed politically. and uh, But they used a U.S. drone and uh, zoomed a drone in there and uh, took out Zawari. And he was, uh, he was the head of al-Qaeda. When bin Laden was killed... He became the head. He was instrumental in planning the whole 9-11. It was his concept of how to attack America. You know, the guy was a surgeon. The guy uh, was a doctor and a surgeon, and he was actually Bin Laden's personal physician. Oh, okay. And uh, then he became the head of the uh, Taliban. So so actually, we, uh, we did a good thing. We took out the head of the Taliban, and we also sent a message to Xi Jinping. Oh, yeah. Here's a leader that ordered the killing of thousands of, you know, he was involved in the, uh, the USS Cole. Remember when that was attacked? He right. was, he was in charge. So we sent a letter or a message to, uh, people that look, uh, you kill innocent Americans and we will hunt you down and we will never give up. Now that's what pisses me off about Afghanistan because we left those people. Mm-hmm. We never leave people behind. Never, folks. Never have. Never. Thousands and thousands of brave American men and women dedicated to their country with courage and bravery have lost their lives to save one. To save one and would do it again. But we left and we abandoned all those people behind enemy lines along with our equipment. But they took out Zawari yesterday and uh, so that uh, has significance, in my opinion. Uh, oh, the, the way you connect them, I think you're right. In, in, in more than one way. 
Well, folks, we got to show some strength right now because the rest of the world does not think we're strong with our current leader. There's no curfew now. The rest of the world is out doing whatever they want to do. Iran's making nuclear missiles. The little pot-bellied pervert over there in North Korea, he's shooting them off all over. Uh, Putin's on the move. Putin would have never gone into the Ukraine if Donald Trump was president, folks. I got news for you. That is a fact. Would have never. Xi Jinping would not be walking around the world threatening innocent countries. The fentanyl would be coming in across the border. You know, uh, Dick Morris, he's got a new book out. And he's a political strategist. He worked for the Clinton administration and all over. And he's he's... He's considered one of the go-to guys uh, when it comes to analytics of politics, presidential races, all this. He's got a new book out. And he said, he said in this book, Trump's going to run. Trump's going to win. And uh, he said the reason is because with all the problems that we have right now, Trump can use four words. And it's a brilliant point. I already did that. Oh, yeah. So, in other words, low inflation. I already did that. Energy independence. I already did that. Strength. Peace through strength. I already did that. The world was calm. Uh, uh, Control of the border. I already did that. Yeah. Job growth. Already did that. Income growth. Already did that. That he, He can say that. All the problems that we have right now, he already had fixed that once before. Yeah, well, good point. Yeah, and uh, so he, that's what he says. But uh, Zawari's done, toast, rigor a mortis, took him out. Those drones are badass, man. Well, and don't have to put a soldier at risk. Yeah. But the thing about you look look at the pain and suffering and the damage, collateral damage, human damage, everything that has happened in the Ukraine, that would have never happened. We have spent we have spent hundreds of billions of dollars there. Well, not hundreds of billions, but billions of dollars there. Millions upon million peoples have become refugees, have had to flee, head to other countries. Our NATO allies are threatened with the advancement of Soviet troops. Uh, a, a once, you know, solid nation has been destroyed. Their infrastructure ruined everything. That would have never happened under Trump. All of that did not have to be. But because we have a leader who is weak, has showed us weakness, worried about political ramifications, all of that, uh, a nation has been destroyed. Afghanistan. It was the best it had ever been in Afghanistan in 20 years under the Trump administration. Nobody had been killed for 18 months. No servicemen, women were working. They were teaching. They were uncovered. They were driving. Now, they may be on to something about the driving (laughs) thing, but that's all for a different day, Mark. And uh, people in Afghanistan said it had never been better there. Well, now it's not. We got the story last week. Rape, murder, torture. Women are covered. They're only allowed to go to school to like sixth grade. They're being sheltered, beaten, abused, forced marriages. It's awful. All under Biden. Mm-hmm. So uh, he's already done that. Already done that. 
Uh, looks like the bridge on the interstate has reopened, so it didn't take them long to get that handled. Mm-hmm. Well, that's good. Infrastructure in America. They passed this big infrastructure bill, and we're a wreck here. We're a mess. We don't have enough power. They've shut down all of our power plants. Here yesterday, they're starting a big geothermal plant out in Nevada. They have to do something from these losers in the White House, so they do that. And an environmental group stops the plant because there's a toad out there. They stop construction of the project while an appeals court has a hearing filed by environmentalists that said that plant is going to harm the endangered toad that is in the area. The toad. So they stopped the plant. Uh, they go to judges like Moses or Malloy or like we have. They know which ones to go to and they can stop it. What in the Constitution, folks, says that progress is stopped by a toad? That wasn't in there. No. You want to know all the things that toad has survived? And what's a toad doing out there anyway? It's dry. Hmm. You know? Hell, I got frogs that can't swim. <laughs> But eight-year-old toads out my way. Can't swim yet, Mark. I know. Don't know what it's like. But uh, I wouldn't su- it wouldn't surprise me if college-educated people have put chips or radio collars around these toads and are tracking them. Oh, I'm sure that's going on. To see where they go. Mm-hmm. Um, so they can follow them. And these people were weirdos anyway. They sit there and they watch a mate. You know, and get all worked up and bothered about it. <laughs> well, no, leave the poor thing alone. Look, I don't want eyes watching me while I'm doing that. They call it research. Yes. <laughs> oh, gosh. There's Teddy the Toad. He's about to hop on to Frida the Toad. Oh, yeah. And they watch it and make sure they're, everything's okay. And we put birth control and wild horses now. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is crazy stuff we do here. Oh, I saw something on one of the Shark Week shows where there we've never actually seen this two of this shark ever mate because mm-hmm. it happens so quickly. Right? Yeah, that's see, they got in to save the wild horses, folks. Oh, and so these people who all did what? They all went to college. They knew how to take care of these wild horses. So now we spend $100 million a year trying to take care of wild horses. And guess what? We have so many wild horses now, we don't know what to do with them. They have them on BLM lands. They were asking ranchers to use their fields. They would pay you to take wild horses. And then what they want it now you know, over the course of the years, they've tried to use birth control in in the horses. And, you know, actually, that'll work out in the long run. Because once they become older female horses, <laughs> they're going to deny any advance from the studs out there anyway. And rarely want to be ridden. Right. Just, you know, if they use their personalities... When you're looking for the perfect location to host your special event, your first choice should be the Roadside Event Center. They offer a rustic and charming atmosphere and are an exceptional choice for weddings, reunions, graduation parties, anniversaries, and corporate events. Whether it's a cozy indoor party or an outdoor event, the Roadside Event Center can accommodate and they have a covered patio and a fully stocked bar. Check out Huntley's premier event center at roadsideeventcenter.com. That's R-H-O-A-D roadsideeventcenter.com anyway uh this is crazy Mm -hmm. these people they go this is all an experiment for them it's all an experiment for the people 
who were educated in these fields. It's one big experiment. They can't tell you if it's going to work or if it's not, but it's an experiment. And we went to college and we're trained on it and we're going to try it at the expense of what? Of mankind? Of prosperity? Look, you won't find a bigger animal enthusiast out there than I am. I, I, I would slow my swather down when I was swathing to give the birds a chance to get out of the hay in front of me. Mm-hmm. That's what I do. I mean, I, I feel bad. I, I, I was zipping down the, the, the summer fall strip once this spring, and I raised up because there was a nest there with eggs in it from one of those, uh, oh gosh, I don't even know what kind of bird it is. It's got the long beak and uh, kind of the like a Sebring type thing. And uh, I'm zooming. I see that nest. I raised my toolbar out of the ground. I knew the weeds would be there then in the next couple of weeks, but I, you know, so I wouldn't crush the nest. That's right. the kind of guy I am. But uh, these people, it, it's all an experiment for them. It's all, and it's a game to them. And and they, we anointed that. Where the hell did all that power come from, folks? Where did the power come from from a forest advisor? Where did his power come from? Same with John Felton down here at Riverstone Health. Oh, we, we never suspected the power he had. Oh, no. Closing businesses, regulating your store hours, letting you know how many customers you can have. Where did all of that power come from? Great question. We didn't even elect the guy. No. Where did all of that come from? It's the same thing with these guys. I wrote about it yesterday in my blog post about the sequoia trees. Four supervisors, ecologists, set up sprinklers around the sequoia trees, and now they're clearing the underbrush because of all the years of fire suppression and not letting it burn, they have created the perfect storm. And who created it? The damn people who are there now coming up with ideas on how to save them. Mm -hmm. They were educated. See, they knew how to do it better than Mother Nature knew how to do it. The grizzly giant, the sequoia tree out there in Yosemite, it's 3,000 years old. 3,000 years. You know what that thing survived? The massive wildfires that burned through there. But now that we have college-educated ecologists and forest people, they know how to do it better than the grizzly giant. The grizzly giant's 3,000 years old. You're 24. <laughs> and you got yourself a fancy piece of paper That's on the wall, right, buddy. Mark. <laughs> They're 24. Grizzly giant is 3,000. The grizzly giant, no, he's been around this way before. He knows how to survive. Nope. No, we need sprinklers and we need uh, uh, fire suppression and, and this because of the, uh, the blah, blah, blah. And you're all full of crap. He didn't get to be 3,000 years old by having an ecologist take care of his base. Those fires rage through there for hundreds and hundreds of years. Clean the underbrush. Now we know that you you can't graze. You can't do this. Oh, and I mentioned the lodgepole fire up there where we did our fencing project. Years of... Then they, they went to no grazing fire suppression and the growth was so bad and so thick and... One day, the perfect storm, and it wiped it all out. And they were wrong. Okay, sorry. We'll go on to our next spot. Mm -hmm. So the forest people, the wilderness people, the ecologists, they move on to the next area, though. Okay, that one's ruined. That one's ruined. So now we'll move to a different spot. And we'll practice. We're going to practice there. That's what we do. We practice. We're going to practice there and see if we can get this one right. And they don't. 
By the way, what did all those people do up there in that lodgepole fire then after their practices and their policies ruined it? What did they do up there? I know what we did. We went up and we built fences for people. Mm-hmm. You saw it. I saw it. Hundreds of you out there that are listening, you saw it. That freaking place was like the moon. Yes, it was. And it was their policies that did it. And the ranchers up there will tell you that. Yeah. We've been telling them for this area, it burned once in 1910 and it cleaned everything out. Climate change did not did not burn 500 no. square miles. And like I wrote about yesterday, if they would have let that fire burn the way it should have over all these years, in 200 years from now, it would be more beautiful than it is now. Mm-hmm. That's how it works. But not according to a 24-year-old ecologist or forest assistant. See, they were trained on it, of where we need to step in to help nature. Because nature is so damn stupid, it can't survive without us. It needs graduates from Berkeley and and Washington. That's what it needs. It needs you folks to get out of the way. Hell, the Native Americans used to set all of Kansas, Oklahoma, places like that. They used to set those whole states on fire. They used to do it on purpose. It would wipe out entire states, folks. Don't give me this crap about 60,000 acres burned. It's the biggest fire. You you don't even know what fires are. They would burn all of Oklahoma and Kansas, Nebraska, the whole thing. Mark, the whole states, they would burn it. And the next spring, the grass would be two feet tall and the buffalo would come back. Mm-hmm. Well, look around here when people burn their ditches. Same thing. Yeah. Comes back. Much, mm-hmm. much prettier than it was. Yeah. So the grizzly giant, 3,000 years old, and we have somebody who's 26 telling the old grizzly giant, we know how to do it better. And I did put one thing in my article about what the difference is too now. The difference is, folks, there are tourism dollars involved. True. People want to see all that stuff untouched, unscathed, and they make millions upon millions of dollars from people that go there Mm -hmm. why do you think folks and i'll bring this point up again why do you think that the day eight hours after the flooding that we had a month and a half ago that yellowstone park gardner red lodge they were declared national disaster areas by government immediately right because they are the sacred child yellowstone park is the sacred adopted child of everybody in america they infatuate about yellowstone park they dream about it and if the government would not have declared a national disaster immediately why they would have got letters and emails and you know they weighed it Mm -hmm. weighed the political ramifications tourist towns they thought and yet on the other hand you have people that were devastated as well fromberg and others how many people in iowa plan a trip to fromberg every year <laughs> hmm? they, they should it's a nice little spot arkansas <laughs> how many people in uh, tokyo want to come over and focus focus in in fromberg nope but the others did tourism dollars same thing with yosemite and the grizzly giant here's another one so we have a toad. We have a toad that stopped the geothermal plant in Nevada. Folks, we don't have enough power. The the Your party has ruined energy infrastructure in America. We had one guy who already did that, 
who fixed it. Your party has ruined it. Blackouts, high gas, everything across the area. So now these people that are his supporters blocked a geothermal plant in Nevada to produce power. Here's another one. Here's another one I have today. Leasing for new oil and gas drilling on federal land in California's Central Valley, that's blocked. The deal with the BLM centers on 2,500 square miles of land owned by the federal government. The BLM, the Bureau, has agreed to stop the sale of oil and gas leases there. They want to conduct a fresh review on the environmental effects now of fracking. Well, you know why? They got to keep these people working. Remember the other day we talked about federal workers. Mm -hmm. They don't have to produce anything and they're always paid. And they got to keep them working. So now they're going to do, they already did one, they're going to do a new one. A new one on the environmental effects of fracking and extracting oil and gas from below the Earth's surface. Gavin Newsom, old pretty boy, wants to ban fracking, all fracking, by next year. All of it. So they blocked it. So they need energy in California. The lights are going out. They banned it. Gas, oil, banned it. Go to go to wind and solar. So we've had oil and gas in this earth for 4 billion years. And a 24-year-old is going to tell you why it's there mm-hmm. and what's good about it and what isn't. Banning that. Who's going to supply the power for this great nation? We don't have it. We're not going to have it. They're doing it. They're doing it. I'm, I am telling you, folks, I just, I'm so frustrated and uh, we have to do something uh, in the next couple years here or we're doomed. And we have to make sure if, if true Americans, conservatives believe in capitalism, the constitution, our way of life, opportunity, all of that kind of thing, we have to make sure that if those are the kind of people that are elected and take over we have to make sure that what we have seen in the last 18 months never occurs again you're here we have to make we have to put the things in place to make sure it never happens again that they can't overrun the system they can't uh, change our way of lives they can't they can't doctor the courts they can't change the electoral college thing i mean all of these changes that will completely put them in power like a china forever with socialism communism and the defeat of capitalism and individual freedoms it's go if we don't we have to make sure that we put the tools in place over the next two years that guarantee that that will not happen or we will not be threatened for another hundred years or we're doomed Mm -hmm. yeah you're right we're doomed. A once great nation, a young nation, as far as history goes, what, 260 years old or whatever, will will no longer be. And we will be like one of the many other empires of history that have come and gone in just a short 250 to 300 years that ooh made a big splash uh, like the pet rock and then is gone. And then it's gone. We have to make sure. It's nine minutes after six already. Mm-hmm. I haven't even got to the list of stuff to talk about yet. I was going to talk about Deshaun Watson because during lunch yesterday, I was watching ESPN and how careful they were not to say what everybody in America is thinking about Deshaun Watson. Mm-hmm. Uh, I heard I heard a thing from uh, Stephen A. Smith, and he has a great question. Why is the NFL even involved in? 
in this type of case. You're not the law. Mm-hmm. 24. Mm-hmm. And there, these people were all really, really careful because ESPN is the NFL network. Yes, it is. And uh, NFL they, is their meal ticket. It's their meal ticket. And, uh, and they had to be real careful. What they want to do is they want to call everybody a racist, but they can't do that. And they know that women are right and they can't call that. They can't, they cannot deny what women are feeling now. That's right. See, they were, they were so careful. They beat around the bush all day yesterday and I'm going, say it, say it. Why don't you say it? You chicken ass say it. Nope. Well, you know, this never was in the court of law and we didn't have witnesses and everything. And and I'm jumping up and down saying there's 24 women who settles, who makes settlement payments to 24 if you're innocent. And and I'm I'm, I'm thinking the same thing. This pro for these football guys that are all anal. I want to say how the NFL has the best, finest, state-of-the-art therapist and massage people to work out any muscle, aches, and pains and joint that you... Why would he go to 24 random massage parlors around to get... Was he getting medical treatment? No. No. See, none of them bring that stuff up. Well, we don't know. Until we know the facts or until it is in a court of law... Mm Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, boy, uh, how come you didn't give President Trump those same opportunities to have a trial, to be able to cross-examine, to be able to prove and show witnesses and evidence? How come? And, you know, I'm, I'm just, uh, they were so careful mm-hmm. yesterday because they've, they've got billions of dollars invested into the NFL. Six games, Mark. He didn't even get fined. No. He didn't even get fined. If you're late for practice or something like that, you get fined. He didn't even get fined. No, but one of the things that came out of this from here on out, as long as he's in the NFL, all massages must be by a team masseuse. (laughs) Oh, Good rule. Oh, yeah. (laughs) See? Little late. My point exactly. There you go. The Breakfast Flakes podcast brought to you by the Blue Cat Bar and Grill. Next to the Roadside Event Center in Huntley. The Blue Cat, it's where it's at.